Hey everyone, welcome to the Crypto Risk Officer podcast. This session is episode 11. We want to uh, follow with the framework of risk management since we started the kind of framework of risk management. So as part of the traditional finance, risk management have many tools in order to assess the, the kind of alerts or high priorities. As one of the tools that I want to uh, introduce to the audience here, uh, that's not familiar with the risk management framework, one of the tools that crypto exchange or exchanges or firms that they, they, they use, they can use uh, key risk indicators. This is normally short for KRIs. These are metrics that can be quantifiable uh, and qualitative uh, factors, which focus on the risk and look at the process business and give early warning signs if the data are in real time. If not, it can be a lagging indicator as well. So it's kind of making sure we proactively have surveillance uh, in terms of all the risks and make sure we call out those risks. If it falls out of the uh, the threshold that's been agreed with the businesses, then it will be mapped as amber, um, making sure there's action in place. If it's really high urgency, it will mark as red. So these key risk indicators form part of the uh, data of uh, management MI, uh, normally filter into the risk management uh, committee's framework to, to call out. And normally these get discussed and appropriate actions get assigned to, to make sure these, these get uh, remediated uh, as well. Uh, let me pass it over to Cliff. Uh, he might have extra uh, in terms of the background of KRIs. Thank you, Robbie. Um, uh, actually, uh, besides the KRIs, uh, QS indicators, actually, there are some other indicators uh, uh, in the market, maybe using the, the mid-career uh, key performance indicators, KPIs, and also uh, key control indicators, KCIs. And the KPIs means measuring some uh, performance of some goals or objectives, whether it align, for example, for business perspective. And for the KCI, it will be measuring some uh, effectiveness of some controls, whether there are some lapses or something like that. But based on my uh, operational risk experience in the past decade, actually, most of the firms are using KRIs, QS indicators, for the risk management perspective, particularly for the uh, traditional finance space like uh, banking, as a manager. So this episode, we will focus on uh, QS indicators, as Robbie mentioned about the uh, definitions of uh, KRIs. And actually, for KRIs, there are two main uh, categories. The first one is what we call the lacking KRIs. The second one is uh, a kind of leading KRIs. So what does lacking KRIs mean? That means we are measuring some uh, facts that happened in, in the control area, risk area, 
whether some risk has realized it. It's a lacking KRIs. Take it for example, let's say a KRI measuring, oh, during that month, how many, for example, significant incidents happens in the month, that will be a lacking KRIs because the incidents happened already in that month. So it is a lacking KRIs. So for the leading KRIs, that means they are measuring some risk that will have more uh, uh, predictive power for the future uh, state or, or current state of the risk profile of the firms. So it's a kind of uh, leading KRIs. So uh, we, we can go through uh, some important themes bit by bit to, to, to see what kind of uh, KRIs we can set. So what we do have something to add? Yes, uh, the KRIs is, uh, is one of the tools for risk management. So normally if it have a, uh, a threshold scale breaches, then it will um, flash us red, uh, we call the WAC rating is red, amber and green. So, so these are the alerts. Uh, so the KRIs is owned by the business. For example, if the business is operations, they do a lot of transactions, though so they may have a KRIs of uh, transaction delays and they are the key risk uh, in the case of owners. And they need to partner with the risk management teams to make sure and agree the thresholds are, are robust enough. So for example, if compliance, they, they may have a compliance KRIs of uh, AML and uh, CFT. So they will mo monitor uh, suspicious transactions alerts. If those, uh, there's a lot of outstanding, uh, those will be flagged as uh, key risk indicators. So, so, so these are some of the examples, but we will dive into more of the, uh, examples and, and give you some um, general that uh, exchanges may be using um, or, or some, some kind of uh, traditional finance that will be used. It's, it's essentially the risk management, uh, it gives you early warning signs and what needs to be investigated if it's a, if it's a lagging. Over to you, Cliff. Yeah, thank you, Robbie. Yeah, I, I echo to what Robbie has just said. Actually, I, I think it's important to get the buy-in from the uh, senior management in what like that space, maybe technology space, compliance, business, uh, operations, to get the their senior management uh, buy-in because uh, the KRIs should uh, as what Robbie said, there are uh, green, amber, red uh, lights. And actually, for the definition of the KRIs and also the thresholds, we should uh, be set on so that they are not too prudent or they are not too aggressive, so that there may be some uh, false alarm or there are some cases there are race, but this still show a green light, then it will be not a uh, proper approach. So getting the senior management buy-in is important because usually when we set our risk management strategy, we, we usually on high level, we need to set some called risk appetite for 
the firms for whatever the uh uh based on the operational risk framework there there are many themes so that the risk appetite means that uh how much you are going to lose some money or lose some assets for the firm for that area for example crypto assets for example so so, so that's that's very important so the first thing i i would like to talk about the kri we we may want to measure is for example the uh, market liquidity because you know uh in a crypto exchange you uh uh a platform for the clients to uh trade a crypto you have the order book from, from the orders from clients and also an execution book because usually just like the traditional finance you have some system called OMS order management system and EMS the execution management systems so so they, they that there are linkage between these two systems so in crypto world is I think is quite similar that uh we should make sure that there are sufficient liquidity in the exchanges for the order book so that it will not impact the efficiency of executing the trades for the client. And as you know, in the traditional finance, the uh, best execution uh, ways is important for the clients. So we can set a kind of KRI, let's say for example, uh, in a month, the number of seconds, I mean, in, in the time, number of seconds in a month that um, the liquidity in the order book could not be fulfilled by, uh, for example, more than, let's say, 0.1%. Then, then you maybe have some system to count the number of seconds that you can not meet that. So that when you report the figures uh, uh, weekly or monthly, you can have an idea that uh, how the situation is, uh, our liquidity cannot meet the orders for. Then, then we can have some insights whether some crypto inventory we have on, on our crypto exchange are not sufficient to the uh, uh, trading demands from the clients. So that's one of the KRI we, we can set. Yeah. And also, yeah, yeah you, you have something to add, Robbie? Yeah, yeah. So, 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 so the KIs needs to be agreed of uh with business on on this. There's a lot more examples. We'll be diving deep into the KIs. So, uh, yes, please, please continue. Yeah, sure. And actually, the second point I would like to mention is about the inventory of the cryptocurrencies areas, because uh, why that is important? Because some of the time the customers can have to request to withdraw their crypto to the on chains for example uh, withdraw ETH to the arbitrum chain optimism chain or, or ETH chain so when they make that request to withdraw usually they have some expectations the clients have some expectations to withdraw those assets let's say within 15 minutes or 20 minutes so that we should have some monitoring 
for the exchange inventory of those valorant cryptocurrencies, whether it has sufficient reserves to cover uh, the customer withdrawals. So in case if suddenly someday many customers withdraw if Eve from the exchange platform, for example, because they, they have some bad news about the exchange, about the uh, Eve or something like that, they, they try to withdraw more than normal. So it will happen just like the traditional finance space banking. Uh, when someone talk about, oh, that uh, bank is not uh, good, so there will be bank run. Many customers will queue up in the branches to withdraw money. So this kind of monitoring is important. It's about actually about the liquidity of the exchange, maybe across all currency or across uh, a few particular uh, cryptocurrencies. So one of the KRI we can create to monitor this kind of risk, for example, we can have the number of withdrawal and the dollar amount of uh, that indicating a failure of the uh, withdrawal owing to some insufficient uh, crypto inventory. So, so of course, on the under, underlying there, we, we can have some breakdown of uh, each crypto uh, currency inventory so that we, we can uh, have a uh, detailed breakdown, but on, on the KIOI perspective, we, we can just use a very high level overall impact. So in case there are no issues, it would be a green light. Maybe yeah. there so, are some, yeah. That, that's right, can, can I ask something? Uh, in terms of uh, exchanges, all the client's assets should be segregated. So, so that's the segregation of uh, no co-mingle of funds. So that means when uh, Cliff men mentioned that there should be sufficient inventory, the client assets in broad terms, uh, a secure exchange should keep about 90% or, or, or more uh, depending on the flow uh, in the cold wallet. So what Cliff mentioned, the inventory of that monitor that's sufficient uh, looking at the forecast of uh, withdrawals so those uh, smaller percentage will be in the hot wallets because if you store everything in cold wallets, then you start moving, it's going to take a lot, lot of times. And also for customer, uh, it will not be a good customer experience because uh, so many uh, controls will, uh, will need to be checked and done. So, so that's why the exchanges, they will normally keep uh, a small amount of uh, in hot wallets so they can be able to uh, maneuver the transactions. Yeah, yeah, that, that's true. And then the, the third thing we would like to talk about is the um, custodial risk. And because the assets, the crypto assets is of crypto exchange may be stored with some custodian to safeguard Joe's assets. So, uh, the risk will arise if that custodian is not safeguarded properly or in case if the crypto assets are safeguarded in-house by the exchange with the cold wallet or whatever hot wallets. So 
we can set a kind of KRI, let's say, for example, the number of security incidents reported during the month, then, then it will be a kind of uh, uh, lacking uh, KRI I previously mentioned because it records the occurrence of the incidents during a month. Yeah, so, for, for yeah. this KRI, I, I think this probably will be real time will be more more appropriate because if you do lagging, so so things already happen. Uh, because the custodian risk is is more on the uh, asset segregation. So once you move those to those custodian, you 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 need to have a regular uh track uh on make, making sure the firm is uh liquid. Uh, they're not going to uh go bankruptcy or or if they go bankrupt. Uh, is there a recovery plans? How you uh get those private keys to to move? So just in case you know, there, there's a lot of uh, custodians, uh, third party that's been in use now. So there's always uh crypto exchanges always try to outsource these to another third parties, but the only item they have a high risk is they need to understand the recovery package. So that means, another word, if these third party go under. Uh, so so they go bankrupt chapter 11. So will the exchange still be able to use those uh, IT platform and continue to have recovery uh, backup just you know, to make sure the risk is get covered? Yes. Yeah, thank you, Robbie, for clarification. And um, actually uh, for the fourth thing uh, that I would like to describe about the KRIs, about the transaction delays. Because I, I think similar to uh, virtual banking or, or the crypto exchange is only uh, 24 times seven working. So in case of any transaction delays, the clients uh, will have complaints and it will have some reputation impact to the exchange. So the transaction delays may include, for example, some prolonged processing times for deposits, the crypto, or withdrawals of the crypto, and also maybe about the trading. Uh, it may be some delay of the market close or execution of the trade. And also there may be, uh, so, so it's just uh, there's maybe some blockchain uh, related gas fee that may cause the delays in some parts. Mm. Yeah. And so a, a kind of uh, KRI we, we can set, for example, we can uh, set a lacking KRI, let's say the, the number of delayed deposits or withdrawals for each chain, let's say, uh, for more than the 100% of average time during the month, for example. For example, let's say for arbitrary train, if the expected usual uh, normal time is 10 minutes for the uh, withdrawals, then maybe uh, in a month, it happens that, oh, some withdrawals in a day, uh, it has 20 minutes or more, then we may mark it down that in the system so that we can accumulate the KRI, how many it happens for the month so that we can see whether it is the problem of arbitrary train 
or it is a problem of our in-house system. So if it is about the chain itself, uh, the crypto exchange actually has not much we can do. But if it is related to some uh, internal system issues, we, we need to figure out what happens and how to fix it uh, internally for, for that side. And then for the fifth point, it may be about the technology and infrastructure stability. So it can be uh, about, uh, for example, frequent downtime of some systems, or there are some technical failures, so that it will be uh, giving rise to some risk relating to the exchange uh, inventory management some of the time. So we, we can set up a kind of KRI like uh, the number of system outage where the design time, for example, is over 10 seconds for the relevant outage. So it can be a, a daily monitoring or, or intraday monitoring. So that I think uh, I think in terms of the KRI reporting by the waste management, they, they gather the data from the business operations or IT, they report maybe monthly to the senior management. But on daily basis, usually, this kind of monitoring may not be always monitored by the risk management team. They may be with a uh, uh, monitor, for example, for the system downtime. It may be some team called IT operations that they will operate some uh, two, uh, uh, some alerts from some systems so, so that they will know exactly what systems have some problems. So usually this kind of monitoring and the IT operations is on daily basis. So intraday, they will monitoring very continuously. Like, uh, just similar what what is that? Yes. Uh, real time, uh, yeah. Yeah, correct. The security team, since crypto is 24 by seven, right? So you can't really wait to to move and for the risk management committees with the senior management to talk. So uh, we, we are just skimming the fair service of the technology infrastructure stability of keywords in the cases. If you look at the, um, the technology framework, there, there's a lot more uh, keywords in the cases to, to look at these. It could be by software patches. It could be by hardware failures. It could be by uh, other kind of vulnerability of backdoors. So, so there's a lot of uh, keywords uh, in the cases. So we are only just, just highlighting uh, one or two of these examples. So uh, just be mindful that well, what we are sharing, these, these are just the high level ones. There may be more details ones as well. Yeah. And also the uh, the sixth one I would like to mention is about uh the cybersecurity threats, and actually there are always some potential for the hacking and security breaches that would compromise the crypto uh, exchange their holdings because uh I think two day or one days ago I noted that actually. A DeFi exchange called Cyber KYBL Cyber Exchange. They they have some liquid staking or, or platform. They uh was hacked by some uh hackers. So for 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 
30 or 40 million US dollars, something like that. So, so it's always in the crypto space, many hacking incidents, many this kind of flags. So we should have some number, some KRI like the number of attack teams as systems detected during a month to report it or, or the number of vulnerabilities in the system find monthly to be reported. Of course, as I mentioned, the, the maybe security risk team or cybersecurity team should have some daily real-time monitoring so that uh, we can see whether there are some hackers going to attack our system, our platform. So it's very important. And yeah, also- so yeah. So, uh, so, so sorry to, to jump into that. But for the cybersecurity, because uh, we get so much hacking attempts, uh, twenty four by seven. So robustly, there should be some pen testing. So, so there should be deep dive of external parties that's been outsourced, and they do deep dive pen testing and trying to. Another word, they are white hackers. Uh, they trying to hack the platform hack the system and see and normally they, they will come back with uh, some vulnerabilities and then those ones will need to get fixed so that should be ongoing measure uh, we are talking on crypto that will get hacked but in general uh, corporate banking everywhere that they also get vulnerable to get hacked because we can see the future of cybersecurity will continue to grow uh, and the threat will continue to um, top up. So system coding always get changed, updated. So so this is one of the highest uh, risks across not just crypto, uh, could be corporate firms, it could be your governments, it could be anywhere. So the, the skill set of this is getting more niche and niche. Uh, and I think it's uh, understanding the components of cybersecurity and different elements uh, for you to protect yourself uh, and to understand uh, that would be very beneficial for sure. Yeah, and actually for the the second point I would like to mention is, uh, for example, the uh, regulatory compliance side. And actually a crypto exchange, you have many uh, adherents to the regulations in pass to for the exchange ability to operate and manage its cryptocurrency inventory legally, for example. So that a kind of uh, uh, lacking KRI we can set up is that, for example, the number of unreconciled breaks between the client's assets ledger and the valuant assets record held at the custodians, the cold and hot waters for the clients. So that in case if the client's assets ladder does not synchronize with those what actually we are holding now, that those breaks may be some indication that, okay, maybe some assets were stolen internally or there may be some assets were uh, stolen by the hackers. It may be some, some of the scenario or some of the cases maybe the client's assets was misallocated to the crypto exchange assets so because there are usually rules for separation of the client's money and the client's assets between the house money and the house uh, 
assets. So, so it's very important. And also for for the if uh, words I would like to mention, uh, is about the counterparty risk, because as a crypto exchange, you have many partnerships or collaboration with uh, some third parties like the banking relationships and some third party service providers, for example, the uh, crypto assets custodians. And actually, uh, the counterparty works with them will impact the crypto exchange ability to manage the inventory effectively because some of the time you may need to withdraw assets that uh, maybe that are kept by the custodian or in case if the crypto exchange need to uh, convert some stable coins to their fiat currency in US dollar, then maybe the uh, banking balance that you kept at the banks are important for, for the withdrawal uh, efficiency as well. And also this kind of counterparty risk exposure, we can set a KRI like the number of counterparty exposures, a limit bridge with the bands and custodians. Why we need this kind of limit? Because usually we need to diversify our uh, counterparty risk as much as possible. For example, to limit our uh, total exposure to one single custodian or one single uh, bank to let's say 10% or 20% of all our exposures in the market. So that in case it is bankrupt or failed, we will not lose all our money. That, that's the yeah. core. That's, that's correct. So if you look at the recent uh, silver gates, They've, they've withdrawn a lot of crypto exchanges banking relationships. So if that particular exchange is only relying on Silvergate, then they need to set up a new uh, USD rail. So that's going to take time. So that will cause inconvenience to customer for sure. And uh, having a, a strong banking relationship uh, as an exchange uh, will be very beneficial. That's for sure. Yeah. And... The ninth point I would like to mention is about uh, market risk. And some of the crypto exchange other than uh, the trading uh, for, for the clients based on their orders. Some of the time, for example, they, they may have their proprietary trades. That means the crypto exchange may have some uh, other entity maybe trading the crypto in the market uh, to earn some profits uh, just similar to some investment bank. They, they have their proprietary trades to earn more money for the firms. So the exposure for the market frustration will affect the valuation of the exchange uh, cryptocurrency holdings. So we can set up a kind of uh, KRI to uh, measure the number of market risk exposures, limit bridge for the cryptocurrencies for these proprietary trades. Because usually for this proprietary trades department, there are uh, some different traders. So usually similar to the traditional finance, they will be assigned some uh, what we call the trading uh, limit 
or the position limit, how much position at most they can hold uh, for the whole book of themselves, and by which currencies they, they have the limit. So that this kind of monitoring of the exposure limit is important to make sure that uh, they are not trading, exceeding their uh, trading limit, they, they are granted, they are approved. So, so that's important as well. Yeah, I want to add uh, the fact that most exchanges, the business should be run as an exchange. If they have a exchange plus kind of a hedge fund, uh, stop trading on their books, then that will be a sign of, you know, uh, <laughs> stepping into very fine line. Because if you look at the banking stuff, uh, most of the banks, they, they have stopped any proprietary trading because uh, unless they section off that is a proper hedge fund, then they can do these activities. But most banks now, they don't, do have, uh, they don't have any prop trading as such because they need to meet the US uh, focal rules. Uh, they can only do market making. Uh, that's, that's in, in the interest of the customers, uh, OTC, their trades. So for exchange, it's a pure vanilla, very simple. Uh, they just match buy and uh, and seller, and and it should be just as that. If they start introducing more and more funky stuff, uh, for example, join 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 the clubs that there's earn and farm uh yielding and all that. So it's more and more, then it's it's kind of like turning into a quasi banking. So most exchange it should be just exchange focused, and then that should reduce the risk uh of the firm for sure. Yeah, to, to echo what uh, Robbie has just said, actually, uh, most of the US-based investment banks, they, they need to separate the um, proprietary trades from, from their uh, main business. And but uh, and sometimes before I, I work in uh, some uh, Swiss-based uh, private bank, and actually that private bank, did they have their own uh, proprietary trade desk. And... I think because they, they are not have any business in the US and, and they are mainly uh, governed by the FEMA, the Swiss uh, regulations, there are well, not such requirements so, so they can do that. And yeah. for for the uh, last point, that's uh, the 10th point is about uh, some operational risk area that we could highlight what kind of KRI. I think in my past uh, decade operational risk experience, I think one of the uh, important um, lacking KRI is that um, the number of customer complaints received during a period, maybe weekly or monthly, that uh, you consider those customer complaints are substantiated means that they have uh, sufficient evidence and the uh, client's claims or client's complaint is valid based on the fact we gathered. So this kind of customer complaints received usually some of the time to help me to pick up some problems, internal problems in terms of people, in terms of process or system that we may have failed. Even there are some internal controls governing that. So 
the customer feedback is always very important. And also some of the KRI may be useful for identify some big operational risk, like the number of uh, unreconciled cash and bank balances and bands. We may be some indication of some late settlement or, or some internal fraud of stealing, uh, misappropriating the assets of the firms. So uh, is an indication of that. So I think uh, I've uh, talked about 10 main frames of the KRS today. So it's, uh, as what, what we mentioned, it's very high level. So in case you guys have uh, forced to about uh, digging into, feel free uh, to research on the net and maybe the Basel 2 or Basel 3 framework on operational risk may help you guys because they actually have some very uh, granular level of the operational risk in different aspects so that you can, based on the people, system, process, and external event to see which risk is uh, suitable for you. Of course, for both the uh, risk control self-assessment analysis and also it's useful for the KRI as well. So that's what I would like to say. Yeah, Robbie, I pass back to you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you for introducing all the 10 uh, keywords in the cases. I, I think the audience, uh, this is more like an introduction of risk management framework. Uh, the purpose of uh, our broadcast is just to educate people of the type of risk that should be uh, viewed and making sure that uh, if you look at the exchanges or or other or kind of uh, platforms, you, you need to understand these type of risks. So it's more of education to get interest on, on those risks and trying to protect those. And um, we, we we just want to share uh, from our experience. Uh, so hopefully uh, this sector will be more secure um, and, and great. So uh, thank you for listening again. Um, see you soon. Bye. Bye. See you soon.